Highland Whiskey. Whiskey. Welcome to Dram Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Daniel. And you heard right. Today, we're heading to the Highlands. Well, I mean, we're at least trying to leave Isla and leave the peated whiskeys behind us. Yeah, that's the thing. We we thought, you know what? We spent too much time focusing solely on peated whiskeys. What if we have listeners that don't like peat? What if they're like, come on, guys, we want to hear what else Scotch has to offer because we know there's more. You've told us there's more. So, yeah, we, we listened to what the people wanted. We went to the Highlands and we're looking at the Loch Lomond Distillery today. So, we have three drams we're going to be looking at. I know we listened, but I don't think we listened too well because uh, these three drams here, they they do feature peat. Yep. Every every single one of them is influenced by peat. So, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, we left Isla. We, we, we ventured to the mainland of Scotland, but that peat's still embedded in our clothes. Yeah, it's arts. We just, we just bit packed of... our pockets full of it. Yeah. Pocket full of peat. Pocket full of peat. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like, the Highlands is probably the largest region, like, by, like, land size in Scotland. And so you're bound to find quite diverse expressions, whether you're closer to the Speyside side or you're closer to the islands and coastal side. So you do expect to see kind of a really diverse range of flavors. We just almost by accident chose a distillery that has three expressions that are all influenced by peat. Yeah, you could almost say we drew the peat straw. We- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go a little bit more into this distillery and what we're going to be looking at. The three drams we have on the table today are all from Loch Lomond Distillery. Yep. We've got the Loch Lomond Original, the Loch Lomond 12-year-old, and the Loch Lomond Inchmon, which I received as part of the Whiskey Club. That was one of the, I think it was February 2020. That was the Whiskey of the Month, and it's a Whiskey Club members edition. If you receive the Inchmon from the Whiskey Club or if you enjoy our reviews of it and you're kind of stressing, not sure if you're going to be able to get your hands on another bottle, it does appear that they've actually introduced this into their core range. They've had a rebranding because from what I could tell, the Loch Lomond Distillery actually changed hands in about June 2019. Yeah, and so the new company has done some rebranding, rebottling, and introduced a couple of different expressions to their 12-year-old. So they've got the standard 12, they've got the inch moan, which is what we've got here through the Whiskey Club, and then they've also got the inch murren, just to have another name that sounds super <laughs> similar. <laughs> but the inch moan that's in their now core range, like even just reading the tasting notes on their website, it's it seems to carry the same characteristics on the nose and palate to the inch moan from the Whiskey Club. So I'm just wondering whether the inch moan that's in their now core range, whether that has kept that integrity bottling or if it maybe adjusted it to keep it in line with their other bottles. Yeah, that'd actually be pretty interesting to see. So I guess before we get into the actual drams themselves here, we'll give like a little bit of a history about Loch Lomond. Yeah, so the original site, for the actual distillery itself, opened in 1814 at the north end of Loch Lomond. So, you know, the distillery takes its name after Never the... Never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, after the loch from which they draw their water from, yep. I assume. Then, I guess, due to little to no record keeping at that time, there's actually no actual confirmed date as to when the distillery stopped operating. But uh, the Loch Lomond we know today, part of it, was opened in 1964 by the Little Mill Distilling Company. 
and their first distillation occurred in 1966. Unfortunately, this opening actually wouldn't be forever as the distillery closed its doors again in 1984. Though, uh, thankfully, Alexander Bollock and the Glen Katrine Company acquired the business and resumed malt production in 1987. And their grain whiskey production began in 1993. And they added two new malt stills in 1999. And just at the time when that grain distillery opened, it was the only distillery in Scotland producing both grain and malted whiskey. So it would have given them a little bit of an edge up in the game there with like the variety they're able to produce. Yeah, and the pot stills at Loch Lomond are unique. And that uniqueness rests in the cylindrical necks of the stills where they house special distillation trays which allow for greater contact with the alcohol vapor as it cools. And traditionally, like I don't know if any of your viewers have seen a pot still, but the neck of a pot still is traditionally open. So these unique stills allow Loch Lomond to produce spirit at 90% ABV, where a normal still will usually deliver distillate at 70%. Damn. Yeah, so just these unique stills allow for different notes and flavors to actually be captured and highlighted. And and that's just because they have such a higher range of alcohol strengths to either, you know, accept or reject. So they've got a lot more room to play with. So that in turn allows them to just have, I guess, a broader palette of flavors they can draw from. And really that's just going off some of that really brief history, because we don't want to give you guys a history lesson. We're here, to yep. we're here for drams. We're here to talk. And like just one quick other thing on the history of it. It was acquired by like a private equity group in 2014 who ended up selling it in June 2019. So that was last year. I was in Scotland at that time and I wanted to visit the distillery because I was collecting like the Glen Cairn glasses from each of the distilleries and they had no kind of cellar door or shop or a visitor centre. And so we ended up just going to... It was one of those like massive souvenir stores. It had like all the kilts and the blankets and the scotches. And I was speaking to one of the ladies at the souvenir shop and she said that a company has just bought it and they basically closed off the doors to the public. Okay. Which is interesting. But I mean, like they, they, they've gone through changes and they are going through changes. So maybe it was just a transition period. Yeah. I mean, let's hope so. Yeah. Because I mean, like if you're familiar with the brand, you would have known that they kind of went through a rebranding. And I think that would have happened at around 2014 when this private equity group secured the company. So like they they had these really like kind of old style packaging and they've kind of redone it, re-released it. And I guess to like kickstart and reinvigorate the brand. And it looks like, as we mentioned, that this new company that bought it last year has done another rebranding. So the bottles that you can see now, even if you go onto their website, look very different from the ones that we have in front of us. For me personally, like, look, we've tried all three of these drams here. Yep. And I guess the thing that has me that, well, the thing that's had me most, I guess, nervous about this episode. So as Daniel and I go through and we do our run throughs for episodes and how we're actually going to structure things and what we're actually going to talk about in upcoming episodes. When we sat down and decided Loch Lomond, I, the thing that, yeah, like I mentioned, like the nervousness about me was like, look, we've tried all three of these and I don't think any of them, well, particularly the 12 and the inch Mon, haven't really left a mark on me. Like, I can't even remember what they tasted like. Whereas the original, I can vaguely like, okay, yeah, I can kind of remember some notes that I've had. And that's, 
obviously as well that's influenced by the recentness like how recently we've tried it and just um coming up in an episode where we had um my younger cousin on and mm-hmm. we had him try some uh scotch so look i just i can't put a finger on what these taste like we both received a bottle of the Loch Lomond original and my bottle is long gone and i remember thinking you know what? i did like this this is this is all right the 12 i think it's sitting at about halfway down the bottle now I've, I've i've had a couple of drams of it here and there but i mean like when i look at some of the isla ones i got on my shelf they're usually ones i reach for first <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's like well how long has it been sitting at that level yeah and the same thing for the inch mowing how long has it been sitting at that three-quarter mark i think with that let's just get into one of these drams here and you know what starting with the original is probably fitting as well because it's incredibly entry level in terms of price right yeah i think it's, it's about 50 dollars at some of the local liquor stores around here. Yeah, so it's like incredibly affordable and it's no age statement and there's no there's no indication on the packaging or the bottle itself whether this is natural colour or non-chill filtered. So, I mean, on the nose... I'm finding it quite pleasant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got very a, pleasant. It's got a peaty ring to it. It's like memories of peat there. But then it's also complemented by... Like a sweetness? Yeah, so it's complemented by, I guess, almost... It's like almost like a Speyside kind of sweetness. Yep. Yeah, yep, it's, like, it's pretty interesting, you know. Um, But for you me... That on touch the touch of caramel and almost yep. like a nuttiness to it. Yeah, definitely getting that on the nose. And in terms of the peat, the peat on the nose is definitely like in the background. Yep. It's not overwhelming on the nose. And I, like I guess in an entry-level expression, like I wouldn't expect there to be... A huge peat influence yeah. on the nose. But, hey, I mean, we've got three drams here and they're all got a drop of peat in them. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, what? like, what do we know? But, like, yeah, I mean, it's very pleasant on the nose. Very inviting. Yeah. And also, like, in combination with that, it's the other things I'm experiencing on the nose. If something can smell oily, this smells oily. Like, I don't know if it's going to equate to the mouthfeel as well, but, like... I'm getting that oiliness, but then there's also like a really floral freshness. So it's like what is sparking in my mind is standing on like a hill of flowers. Yeah, I mean, again, like the nose is quite like quite pleasant. Yeah, so. for an honest statement and for something that is so, as you mentioned, got a decent affordable price point, quite impressed with the nose. Yeah, I mean, there's no on, bite. Like, yeah, nothing there? at all. Yeah, so, and I mean, like I should state, like that saying, there's no bite. It is bottled at 40%. So yeah. you would expect that at 40%. So yeah, let's just get onto the palate. Now, like on the palate, it does have, it is a little rough around the edges and that's usually what you'd associate with a younger whiskey. Yeah, it's um definitely like, like you mentioned, rough around the edges and just like harking back to this rebranding. I mean, on the box, you've got smooth to perfection. Haha, <laughs> not with this one, mate. Not with this one. <laughs> But yeah, like uh, look on the palette, like you if you're ignoring that those little jagged edges. I mean, mm. look, uh, I'm getting like a biscuity kind of note. Yeah, I get like almost like a sweet ginger with that biscuit. So I yeah. I, I, I refer yep. that to gingerbread. Yeah, and then even with like the peat, man, it's incredibly subtle. Yeah, and I think that's like to me, it's almost so subtle that it's not even there, right? I mean, I can, 
I can kind of pick a slight, like incredibly slight vegetal note. Yep. But I mean, of course, like that's just always due to our palates having been so much more developed now mm. compared to our first times experiencing this. But yeah, like if you're a peat head and you read the word peat on the box, you're like, yes, I'll get this one as well. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting peat. Like yeah. not, not in the same way you're expecting from an Isla. Because I think like what Loch Lomond seem to be doing is they're adding peat as one of the notes in the whiskey. It's not defining the whiskey. It isn't a peated whiskey. It's just peat is one of the notes you could pick up, whether that be on the nose or through the palate. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say this is a defining characteristic no. of this dram. And oh, man, it's like, like I'm saying, like I'm not picking it up. Mm. And like, it's even like it's, you could have even just not put it on the bottle. Yeah. I would have gone through my dram and I would have been like, oh, mate, is there a bit of peat in that? And then maybe I would have just, I would have just glanced over it. But the fact that they've gone and said, you know, you've got a smokiness and peat there. You kind of go like, looking for so it. So I'm looking for it. And then it's, I'm really like, I'm, I mean, no pun intended. I'm really having to dig mm-hmm. for yep. the peat, you know? So, man, and like if I'm going on to the finish as well, it's a very short finish. Does not coat the palate, and I get like a little bit of like a coffee bean kind of flavor. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting like a a cooked biscuit. Okay, if I'm trying to look at this from a different perspective, I can say it's like I'd say my enjoyment of this is okay at the moment. Yeah, like it's it's like it's just middle of the road. Like I think this is a safe bottle to buy. Like if yeah. I was looking yeah. at buying a bottle for a party, whether I was hosting or going to. This is one that I could quite easily sit down and drink neat. And because it is so cheap, people could mix it with drinks and you wouldn't really care. Yeah. And I think what we're finding as well is like when we're saying like, even like when Daniel and I are saying like, look, this is so easy to drink. Again, that's just because Daniel and I, we drink scotch quite often. Yeah. We're accustomed drink to a responsibly. much. <laughs> yeah. We're accustomed to a much, I guess, higher ABV. Yeah. So when something is sitting at 40%, and then we drink it and we're like, oh, this is incredibly easy to drink. I mean, maybe take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time as but well, like, yeah, like Daniel said, like you wouldn't, I'd, I wouldn't be disappointed in purchasing this. And as well, like just that goes into like the price point that it sits at. And I mean, like at $50, like at our local, around our local area, I mean, can you really be disappointed with this at $50? I think you like, could do worse. Yeah. So let's move on to with, onto the Loch Lomond original with water. Now, only ending a little bit just because it is sitting at 40% and I've also got not very much left in my glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't have, I didn't have much left either. And I think, did I not have much left just because, I mean, it was so easy to drink. Like, yeah. I, it was almost just... I mean, but it could like, also be first dram in the show. <laughs> yeah, it's probably that. Just haven't had a dram in a while. But yeah, like I was like, oh, well, this is just kind of like water. So I'm just drinking it as if it's water. But hey, I was going to say the nose hasn't changed much. No, it hasn't. But if anything, I don't know, it's weird, but I like what I'm getting on the nose is almost like dusty. Like okay. desert sandy yeah. dusty. More like how you'd picture standing in the street in the Wild West. Yeah, it's... It's like kind of kind yeah, of incorporating yeah, grams almost, in words here, but like that's just... It's almost got like a bourbon-y oakiness to it. Like a bourbon-y yeah. oaky note to it. Really interesting, but as well, it's like slight disappointment where you're like, oh, well, water hasn't changed this up. Barely, like, no, all. I think, like, if anything, it's 
probably just, I don't know, it, like it plays with different flavors differently. So I think when it comes to the nose, like the nuttiness that I was picking up earlier could probably draw that towards a walnut now. I'm like, I just know like from cooking with walnut, when you crush it up in your fingers and you get like, yeah, the oil from the walnuts as you crush it up, that that's what is coming across here. Yeah, like on the palate, you can immediately tell it's been watered down or diluted. Yep. You can mm-hmm. immediately tell. And I guess that just goes to like, do I say like the thickness of the dram itself? It's the viscosity? Is that, yeah, is that the word? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a very viscous dram at all. No. It's, yeah, very very light and then that water has just diluted it to an incredible level yeah so i can immediately say i probably wouldn't ever drink this with water yeah like the like the nice character of that biscuitiness that we had before the water that's gone like you've just poured water over that biscuit and you're like oh this is not i mean i can still tell there's ginger there but like that biscuitiness is no longer present yeah like that yeah like you mentioned like the biscuitiness is gone and what you're kind of left with is a very, very muted vegetal note. So you're left with a very just dulled down peat and you uh, think you guys can tell from the tone of my voice, it's not, <laughs> it's not that pleasant. So, I mean, I finished my dram here. Yeah. Even on the finish there, it, like while, while it was really short. It was at least somewhat pleasant before the water. Having water after the finish, just I just not enjoy that. Yeah, the the finish with water, it's almost just non-existent. Yeah. It's just like down the gullet, gone. So far, this is middle of the road. This yeah. is just okay. It's like it's the bottle you take to a party. It's one you drink because everyone is drinking. Okay, so yeah. You're just adding it to it. You're not sitting down. I mean, like, I'd say, you're not sitting down with your friends properly reviewing it, but that's exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I'm not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Purely Whoa, <business>. wait. <laughs> no, um... A little bit too clingy. <laughs> yeah, Just no, look, back. what I even could say, like, with this bottle here is it's it's almost a daily drinker. Mm-hmm. And, um, but not a daily drinker in the sense that I'm coming back to the bottle daily because I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm coming back to the bottle daily because I don't want to go through everything else on my shelf quicker, yep. like that quickly. So I'm going to go through this bottle first, whenever I feel like I like want some scotch. Yeah, it's like, like, I'll have one of my top shelf ones, then the original. Then another top shelf one, then the original. Yeah, or you're like top shelf, original, 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 top shelf. <laughs> just to kind of, I guess, slow Preserve down the pace. Them, yeah. yeah, just slow down the pace at which you're going through the top shelf. And you just want to, I guess, get some long- longevity out of that. And at least you still... but. Like in saying that, you want to get longevity out of the top shelf, but you don't want to go without drinking scotch. I mean, who wants to do that? Sounds like hell. (laughs) Okay, so let's head on to the 12. Now, this is just a standard 12. I think for even the rebranding, they've kept the standard 12 at the red packaging. Yeah, and I mean, they've kept that smooth to perfection on there. So let's see if it holds up in the 12, right? And if I'm just like looking at the... Back of the packaging here, so they're stating a deep fruity character. So peach and pear, layered with a vanilla sweetness, and then there's characteristic hints of peat and smoke found in Loch Lomond. Then it's aged in three types of casks, bourbon, refill, and rechard. So, I mean, hey, like I mentioned before, does this smooth perfection hold up? Is this 40%? No, so this is at 46. 46. So I guess immediately on the nose... Like, it is still 
really pleasant on the nose, but you can tell there's a bit more of a burn to it. Yeah. And I think what I'm getting more of that burn, or well, not really burn, like on the nose for me, I'm getting a lot, a minty kind of note. Okay. Or maybe it's not minty. Maybe it's like a bit cinnamon, a cinnamon mm. kind of note. Going off the description on the packaging, like I, like I, I couldn't say I can pick up a creamy vanilla kind of note on the nose. Yeah, I'm not really finding that. Like, I get the fruitiness. There was like a crisp apple, and I mean, power suggestion, pear as well. Yeah, I'm picking up that cinnamon. I'd agree with you there. I guess where you're saying you're getting that note of like an apple, green apple. Then I'm drawing cinnamon. You, you'd probably say it's like a, what, like a baked apple tart. I mean, like, like, yeah, potentially, like, I can see when you start to combine them, when I immediately picked it up, what I was getting was when you bite into the, like, a really crisp green apple. But then, like, as as you delve into the nose a little bit more, that becomes a bit more fleshy, and so that's where I was kind of associating that with a pear. Yeah, you can immediately tell it's in, it's in, it's incredibly more, there's incredibly more substance to the nose compared to the original. I think I'd definitely say that. There's a lot yep. more substance there. There's a lot more complexity. So, like, coming from the original. And, of course, a higher price point. So... Yeah. Let's go into the palette. So, the... The notes of... I guess, like, the cinnamon or baking kind of notes that I was drawing before. They almost carry over onto the palette. Yeah, I'd agree. And there's also... When I say it's almost lemon... Potentially, I mean, would you? I mean, is a lemon an orchard fruit? Like something like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, is it an orchard fruit? I don't know. But I know an apple and a pear are like definitely orchard fruits. So those notes definitely continue onto the palette for me. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely picking up more of like a baking kind of note, like yeah. those baking spices and the cinnamon, the sugar. They're all there for me, definitely. But the finish is incredibly dry. Yep. Yeah. And it's very, like, warming as well. Yeah, it's a very dry finish. It's sweet, but still, like, I'm still not getting vanilla. No, I'm, I'm struggling to find the vanilla. What I was initially getting was those fruits, but then there was, like, something else. Like, I'm trying to think, like, when you're eating a meal and then you're, like, expecting one thing, but then there's, like, a spice or something that gives you, like, a burst of flavor that you weren't expecting. And I think, like, that's where the lemon came from. It was kind of like a... Almost like a sour twist, like a bitter sour twist. Okay, yeah, you can kind of tell this has turned the dial up. Yeah, a little, a lot more than on the original. So you can tell the palate, the nose, the finish is a lot more enjoyable. But I think what's really interesting as well is, so this peat characteristic, it's normally very common in all of Loch Lomond's whiskies. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting it in this. No, I can't find it anywhere in the twelve. After adding the water, yeah, that crisp apple comes back on the nose. Yeah, it's definitely there on the nose for me now. And But still, man, those baking spices, yeah. still present. I'm, I'm getting more confident with saying that that was lemon I was picking up on the palate because I'm smelling it now. But what I'm smelling isn't lemon that you're cutting up. It's lemon, like that fresh lemony scent you're getting, pulling them off the tree. Mm. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's really nice spices as you kind of take a deeper breath. <laughs> yeah. Going onto the palate with the addition of water... I could almost say it's as if the dram heard me talking crap <laughs> and the peat's actually a present now. Like, I'm actually picking up more of the vegetal notes of the peat now. And some of the bite that peat carries is there now. 
yeah, as you're saying it, I can like I, I see what you mean. It's not as strong as like or as like it's yeah, not yeah. as obvious as it was in the original. Yeah, no, that, it's definitely not as original as I guess. But that could just be because the original being a younger one, the Pete hasn't really mellowed out, so it's kind of packing a little bit more of a kick. Whereas in the twelve, it's had time to kind of find a balance with the other flavors, and then when you add water to it, it kind of sparks it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like for me on my palate at the moment though, it's like, yeah, like I mentioned, it's like it heard me talking that, heard me talking that crap and it was like, hey, I'm actually here, so. Yeah, and I think almost in direct contrast with the original, like it's almost, I find it more palatable after adding the water and I, I, I like whether that's because it's bringing out the peat and that's kind of where we're leaning towards more. But I think there's like a better balance between the fruits, but then you kind of like hit with like a, a different souriness that I didn't think was really complimented. It wasn't really working. Like now it's kind of found a even ground between all of those. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost leaning in like in that same camp as you. Like I'm enjoying this a bit more of the water. Yeah, and like the, it's got a better mouth feel. It's a little bit more creamy. It feels a little bit thicker. I mean, like it's still a very short finish. It still leaves pretty rapidly, and it's still a very dry dram. Yeah, but enjoying this one quite a bit more with the addition of water. Like I don't know about you, but like as I keep going further into the dram, the peat is definitely present. It's yeah, it's kind of you drink it and then it's like rising up from the back of your throat and kind of coming into your mouth, and you're like. You thought there was no peat here. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, like you fool. Yeah, it's like you thought. You thought. <laughs> you underestimate my power. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man. Thoroughly enjoying this with the water. I mean, I'd almost go and say Add when you pour your away. dram, <laughs> drop a teaspoon of water in there, bring up and activate that peat. I mean, so with that, we've as we're finishing like our drams of the twelve here, going off how we ended drinking the original. Um, if you enjoy Pete, add the teaspoon of water straight away. Yeah, it brings Because, yeah, if you don't, it's almost like it's not present. Mm. And I think the Pete just activates as soon as that water hits it. Okay, so let's go on to the Inch Moan, which is not the one that's part of their core range at the moment. However, it seems like they are releasing this as their core range. Yeah, because... When we were looking at their core range and seeing that the inch mon was available through that, the nodes, the palette, the finish was all pretty much identical. So don't, I guess, you don't have to worry if you don't have this bottle or you weren't a member of the Whiskey Club or you opted out. Don't feel like you're not actually going to be able to purchase this one. You're going to still be able to get it, which is pretty good. The only difference I would say, aside from the fact that the bottle I have here is the Whiskey Club Members Edition, is that maybe the one that's part of their core range would probably have been coloured to fit in with the 12 and to fit in with the Inch Marin, which are all 12-year-olds. So it wouldn't make sense to keep this at a lighter colour when you've coloured the others. Yeah, right. And that might be true to it. So again, we don't have a bottle of the actual core range, so we can't compare it. But yeah, like we've mentioned before in prior episodes, the ad- the addition of coloring is mainly just to maintain consistency, if anything. And if you have three bottles of the 12 sitting on your shelf, and that's what you offer, and each of those three bottles is a different color, I mean, I'm going to ask questions. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I'm going to ask questions. 
And also even just looking at this, like the one I've got sitting here, it's at 48%. I can't actually, even going through their website, I can't see the ABV of their inch moan, but like I have found one on a different website. However, it looks like it's a different bottle. So this looks like a special release, but it was sitting at 46. So if you're like, if you're a member of the whiskey club and you've got this edition, don't get your hopes up thinking you're going to go out and buy the exact same things. I think they may have adjusted it to fit in line with their core range sitting at that year. Yeah. So like a lot of, distilleries give names to their expressions based off either the lock they've drawn the water from, the river they've drawn the water from, or maybe just like characteristics around their distillery. So Inchmoan and Inchmarin, they're both islands that sit in Loch Lomond. Yeah. And I mean, if you're looking at the Inchmarin range, that's, I guess, more light and it's packed with a more fruity character. Whereas Inchmoan introduces a variety of peat styles. And it's a little, a little more intense. Yeah. And even just going onto the nose of this, like it is much more vividly peated than the others were. So I guess looking at the bottles that we have present in front of us today, Inch Moen, I mean, it's good to see that that smooth for perfection or smooth to perfection is gone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because, so, I mean, it wasn't really... I wouldn't say it's, it was true to self. They're not hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, with that no, not with that at all. And just to mention as well, the Inchmoan, I, I don't I'm not can't really recall if we mentioned it before, but non-chill filtered, natural color. So yeah. as Daniel mentioned before, that Inchmoan, Inchmurin range, they're all 12-year-old whiskeys. And I mean, our bottle of the Inchmoan here, you can definitely tell natural color. And I mean, as we poured these at the start of the pod, I mean, I looked at Daniel and I said... You can tell this is natural color immediately. Yep. Like no doubt about it. And even just on the nose, like you can tell there is, there is a, like, it, there's a higher quality to this one. It's a lot more complex. It's a lot more detailed. It's a lot more layered. Yeah. I mean, if I'm like on the nose straight away, I can almost immediately tell I'm going to enjoy this more than the previous two. And there's like a, yeah, like a sweet creaminess to it. But that that's coming after, as I mentioned at the top. This has clearly got a lot of peat influence in it. It's very vegetal. It's very floral. Yeah, that's really interesting because like, I don't get any creaminess at all. For me, it's I'm immediately picking up the medicinal notes mm, that you'd normally find yeah. in Isla. I'm immediately getting those, like that iodine, and I'm almost getting mint. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah. I Mint's see that. really strong, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it on the nose. Because again, these are just kind of the notes that. I enjoy. I mean, let's just get into the palette on this one because this one just has me significantly more excited than the previous two. Mm. Wow. Yeah. No doubt about it. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt about the Pete in this one. This one's like, hey, you were talking trash about the other two. Let me (laughs) show you what we're about. It's the big brother that's come in to defend (laughs) its family. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, look, let's just unpack the palette that we're getting here. Um, black pepper, definitely there. Oh, absolutely. And the, a seed which I'd equate to the licorice. Yeah. Really yeah. present. It's got that spiciness that Pete can bring, where it's just completely warming my palate. Yeah, and like they've they've said smoked bacon on this. I could see that. I mean like it's very different from, say, an Ugadal's smoked treacly bacon, but I get where they're coming from. I wouldn't say it's smoked bacon on its own, but there's definitely a peaty smokiness there that is carried on those kind of preserved 
meats. Like I know on the tape, that's from the tasting notes of the whiskey club, right? Yeah. Yeah. So look, um, from those tasting notes, I wouldn't say I draw a bacony note at all because I drew that from Ugdal and I can immediately say like, yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. There's not, there's none of that, I guess, preserved meat note for me at all. But you can definitely tell this is a peated whiskey. There's the vegetal notes are there, the spiciness is there, the peppery notes are there. It's really interesting, but the peat is almost acting in a way where it's got the, it's almost got the same kind of bite and kick that a younger Isla would present. You know, it's like almost similar to what we experienced in Lagavulin Eight, but I'd say more so in what we experienced in the Yardbeck Five. But I think what I really enjoy with this one, and I definitely say it's on the finish, it's a lot more pleasant where it's fruity and it's really interesting to see how the peaty notes, they don't really linger for long. Like in spite of how strong they are, they're incredibly strong, but they don't linger for too long because as it leaves your palate and it leads into the finish, you're left with a fruity note, which again, like Lomond is saying, is present and part of their distillery and range of flavors they present. Yeah, and we looked at Oban as a gateway to the islands. Like, if the core range of Inchmorn carries the same kind of characteristics that this one we have does, I would say this is a gateway directly to Isla. Like, it it carries very vivid peaty notes, but it's, like, complemented by those kind of florally sweet, fruity notes you'd commonly associate with mainland Scotland and the Highlands. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can almost tell by just the tone of our voices and how much excitement this dram gives us compared to the other two. And it's night and day, it really is. Yeah. And you can you can, and that's the thing, we immediately could tell from the nose we were going to enjoy this one. And I don't know, that's probably just drawing back to Daniel and I enjoying peated whiskey a lot more. But I'm going to say, look, it's more than that. We enjoy complexity. We enjoy seeing a scotch develop in the glass. And the fact that this is developing in the glass without the addition of water is only a plus to it. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm like looking at the glass. I'm like, oh, yeah, you mentioned water. Probably should get to adding it because I don't have much left. And like this bottle is the most full out of all of them. Maybe even the most full out of the bottles on my shelves, aside from the newest ones. Oh, like probably opened it in February, tried it, really enjoyed it. And I think like if anything, the fact that I s- refrained from going back to this is an indication of it being not like a preference, but being like, oh, this is a good one. This is a special one. Let's let's hold on to this a little bit longer. Yeah. So let's get into the teaspoon of water now. Yeah. There's a sweetness that's coming across after adding the water that I think I'd attribute to what they've given on the tasty notes the tasty notes, <laughs> the tasting notes as baked shortbread. I mean, like, possibly they have mentioned creamy butterscotch. I'm not really getting the butterscotch, at least not as vividly as some of the others we've tried. But yeah, I can see the shortbread. I, I get what they where they're coming from there. And even like a really fresh vanilla, like probably vanilla bean. Yeah, interesting. Like on the nose, I'm almost unpacking a caramel kind of note. The mint's still pretty present for me. Yeah, like that that mint and the floral peat, like the overt peatiness that was present on initially, like that's not as strong, but it is still very, yeah, florally. It's almost a bit maritime on the nose as well. Like, like what do you say? Like burnt driftwood? 
like driftwood, okay. yeah, or like, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh man, let's go onto the palate. So on the palate, with the addition of water, you can definitely tell the peat influence is a lot stronger than in the previous two drams. That's just due, I guess, to, I guess, how Isla whiskies react with the addition of water. They kind of kick up a fuss and they kind of come up and they come alive. That's what's happening here as well. Yeah, it's kind of like, so it's like pushing aside a lot of the other flavors that we were experiencing. And like what I was getting from that was like, I was getting smoke coming through my nose. Like not, not, not as vivid and as overt as a lot of like properly peated whiskeys can be. But for a Highland whiskey, like, and in comparison to the other two we've already tried, like, very present. Yeah, I mean, for a Highland whiskey, like, when you're just putting this into context, it's, you know, oh, man, I almost said incredible, but it's really something, you know? It it really is. And, I mean, look, with that addition of water, this is reminding me of Ardbeg. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. It's got a lot of those, yeah, like, a lot of similar notes that are carrying across, but then it's, it's not being an Ardbeg, it's got something that is, I, I don't know if I'd say it's unique to Loch Lomond, but it's some underlying fruitiness that is... Yeah, that you wouldn't find in an Ardbeg yeah, or an Isla whiskey. That's yeah? usually associated to the Highlands. And I could get like a lemon in there. Like lemon, like when you cut up lemon and you put it in like a jug of water, it's like not like super strong, potent lemon. But the thing with this one, what I'm enjoying so much is that it just makes you want to go back for more. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm just I'm just amazed that I've not revisited this more often because it's been sitting on my shelf untouched for months. Yeah, and I mean, with this one, it's kind of like, well, I don't know about Daniel, but I was nervous about going into this episode because I didn't really have a distinct note that I could remember from any of these three having had prior experience to them. And look, I'm gonna say with this inch Moen, definitely, I'd say I couldn't probably recall that due to maybe being so inexperienced with whiskey at the time we tried it. Yeah. But even then I could maybe even say it's not memorable just because even though it's doing the peat so well, we've had some really incredible Isla whiskies. And then we've had some incredible whiskies that have featured peat that aren't from Isla. So then maybe this one's kind of got lost in the lost in the um lost in the group there. Yeah, I think it has. And I think as, as you mentioned, it probably came down to just our inexperience with exploring whiskies because this would have been like my sixth bottle with the whiskey club. So tried a few and it was more just you get excited about the month's one, you open it, you try it, you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then it comes goes on the shelf with the others and then you kind of bring it out amongst all of them. So at that time, I don't think I was really taking the time to kind of explore and appreciate what this one actually had to offer because I'm surprised it slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this one's kind of redeemed the showing of the previous two. Mm. And there's a nice combination of spices there on the finish. Can't distinguish exactly what they are, but just like a really tasty finish. Yeah, the finish is incredibly pleasant for me, especially with the addition of water. But man, incredibly pleasant for this one. Yeah, this is like this is like some guy who lives on a lock in the Highlands has done a tour of the island so he's come back home he's brought some peat with him from isla he's carrying that sea air about him and the smoke on his clothes and in his luggage and he's kind of introducing that to the rest of his family i think he's done a really good job of it yeah and i mean it has me really curious now to get a hold of the inch mirror 
Yeah, I, I like I want to try the Inch Murren and the Inch Moen standard release because I'd love to know how that compares to the one I have here. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, just before we get onto the ratings though, um, look, I'm just gonna say it out right now. The Inch Moen, it's a 12 year old. The 12 is obviously a 12 year old. Look, if I'm <laughs> no way, <laughs> if I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, I want a 12 year old age statement, man. I'm just going to tell you to go straight for the Inch Mullen, hey? Straight up. I think this is going to come into impact. Like, we go straight into the ratings now, but that's just going to really play a big part on the fact that these are both 12 years. And to see the vast difference that the Inch Mullen here has over the 12, it's like, if this is what integrity bottling and time and care can do to the same age statement, like... I would be so much happier putting down a little bit extra money to get something that's just going to vastly increase your experience. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. But I think we go into our ratings now. So let's start with the original. Man, I'm I'm just going to be I'm just going to do it. We just got to be ruthless. Go with your gut. I'm 4.8. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> yeah, because when I'm looking at it like to- just just a really clarify before you go into it. Like four is average. Like there are other drams I'd rather have just because you've given it under 50% doesn't mean it's a fail. It just means it fits into that category. So what about you? Yeah. It's okay. So like, it's definitely sitting within the fours for me as well. I'm just trying to think because we've got nothing else to gauge it off. I'm, I'm finding it difficult to place it in there. Probably safe to say, I'll give it a 4.8 as well. So, you're saying I was being harsh and then you just copy me with the 4.8. What's going on? And look, uh, with that, let's go into the 12. Do you want me to start or do you want to just copy what I say again? Fine, I'll start. Okay. <laughs> the 12, this is this is tricky because it's sitting at a higher ABV. So it's always more preferable. However, I found the, the original was much more enjoyable. Just neat. However, the 12 being a higher age statement and the fact that it had a little bit more interplay with the water i'd probably just give it a 4.9 i still think this is average like there there are just other drams i'd rather have okay 4.9 that's i mean it's a bit better than the original yeah Yeah. so look for me i'm gonna give this a five all right so for me this is good it's just fine and i'm just factoring in the fact that with the addition of water the peat came alive for mm-hmm. me. And I think when we're going back to just what we were mentioning, but for me, the Pete was just actually kicking up a fuss. So yeah, so let's go into Inch Moen now. I'll start with this one. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to give this one a, a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, Inch Moen's sitting at a seven. So that's great. It's well above average. It's definitely above average. And... I wanted to make sure that my rating for Inch Moen was indicative of how much more I enjoyed it comparatively to the previous two. That's fair. And it's definitely two points higher than the other two. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And I would probably give it a 7.3. This is great. Like, it's just well above average. And I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially coming off the back of the other two. Yeah, and I mean... I think what this one does is it presents a little more. Yeah, absolutely. Going on to another, I guess, maybe a burning question you guys are asking yourselves now. 
guys, Brad, Daniel, where's the dream in words? I'm going to just be honest here. Like, as we finished the original, Daniel and I kind of gave each other a look. And that look was kind of, I guess, just communicating telepathically. Don't ask me to give a dream in words. Yeah, we're just like, just don't ask for the dream in words because there isn't one. Just mutual understanding, don't bring it up. Yeah, just because this wasn't putting me anywhere. Yeah, and I think our ratings reflect that. However, with the inch moment, if I was to give that a dram in words because of where it's sitting, for me, you're going on an adventure. You're traveling from the high. Like, I'm like, it's almost like Lord of the Rings esque. You've packed your bag, you're leaving the Shire, you're just traveling the land, you're visiting the seaside, you're visiting the smoky regions, and you're coming back home and you're bringing everything with you. Probably couldn't put the other two in dram in words. They just don't stand out as vivid enough experiences. Yeah, I'd agree with you pretty much wholeheartedly there. Like, yeah, you said the inch moment is you're going on an adventure and all those experiences, everything you've had, they're all just forming your character and it's all yep. just part of what you've gone through. Yeah. So I think make your own decisions. Don't trust us wholeheartedly. Like, go out and experience for yourselves. However, I think the original is probably a good entry point. That was my entry point, And it stuck in my mind enough to decide to try and visit the distillery. I think it, it is going to be a good introduction to Loch Lomond. It gives you kind of a different kind of peatiness. Or if you're not a fan of peaty whis- peated whiskies, like, don't be turned off this brand because it isn't that overt smokiness that you're going to experience. However, if you're looking at the range of 12-year-olds, as it currently stands, 100% go the inch moment. It's hard. Like, I know I gave the original a lower rating than the 12, but if even then, like, if it's between the 12 and the inch moment, go the inch moment. But if it's between the 12 and the original, I'm almost going to tell you to go to the original. And look, Daniel and I both gave the original a lower rating than the 12. And that's just due to the fact that if you're comparatively looking at them and going, well, what's a better quality whiskey? What's a better quality whiskey? You're going to go for the 12. Yeah. But if you actually want to experience what Pete can do in a non Isla whiskey, go the original because you're going to need to add water to the 12 to actually make that Pete activate its qualities. Yeah. That's about it, because otherwise we're just going to keep talking trash. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> we're going to keep talking trash about these two, and then each mile is going to have to come in and kick our butts again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I think that's just about all there is to say. So, I think we'll wrap it up there. If you've tried the Inch Morin from the Whiskey Club, and you love it as much as we have, or if you have tried the Inch Morin, let us know what you thought of that and whether that's worth going out and getting. You can contact us through our email at dreamtalk.au at gmail.com or through Instagram at dreamtalkpodcast. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Pour another dram!